All right, bradcooney.com in association with HCN Networks is honored to have on board from season nine of the hit smash TV show, NBC's The Voice, Mr. Manny Cabo. Manny, what is up, man? How are you, Brad? Thanks so much for having me, man. Truly grateful. Oh, man, we're, we're, we're grateful to have you on board. Um, all right, so you walk out on the stage... And you bust out some some classic White Snake. Uh, Adam perked right up. Everybody, everybody perked right up. Man, talk about um, your your blind audition. You kind of run us through it. Well, I got to tell you, uh, from the from the get go, it was totally exhilarating. Knowing that I was going to do a rock song, it, it was in my comfort zone. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's what I know. I'm very comfortable doing rock songs. And I feel that I'm trying to wake up a sleeping giant. You know, I grew up during the 80s where we had tons of rock stars. Mm-hmm. I grew up at the end of Van Halen, the Angus Young, the, the Roger Daltrey song, right. and so forth. And I felt that the song was appropriate for me, not to mention the lyrics. Um, I completely related to them. You know, because it is, here I go again. I've had nothing but hardships uh, right. throughout my musical career. So I couldn't pick the better song. Yeah, it was a great song, and you... And you you nailed it, man. And I, I, it kind of uh, when you when you sang it, I reminisce back. To, I'm, a, I'm a few years older than you, but not much. I'm 49. I reminisce back to when I was in the Navy, and when I was in the Navy, we had a bunch of guys that had a little band that we so they used to actually jam on the fantail of the ship. And one of the songs they sang was was Here I Go Again. And my buddy, my buddy Mike, who I just reconnected with on Facebook a few years ago, who I served on the ship with, he sang. He was a singer, but he would never touch that high you hit when you sang "Here I Go Again." <laughs> so that that high right there was amazing, man. Have you always had that vocal range? You know what? I uh, I don't have the best voice in the world by no stretch, but you know I I have an ability to do certain things a little bit easier than others. And yeah, I was pretty comfortable with it. I mean, don't get me wrong, I rehearsed it a few times. Sure. You know, as my roommates could, uh, yeah. <laughs> that. So, like, especially, you know, in the shower time, you know, I'd be like, ah, doing all that. They're like, yeah, man, you hit it the second time. You don't have to do it anymore. That's great. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, um, it, it, it was a comfortable note for me to hit, especially with the adrenaline of the place. And but the funny thing is, people don't realize what goes on through the blinds most of the time. There is no craziness. There aren't any fans. And I'm used to the adrenaline running rampant through the audience. The thing is, like, I meditate a lot, you know, at least twice a day. So my thing was, and I try to tell a lot of the contestants as well, you know, I try to quiet my mind. So when I'm out there, you know, I was saying for me, you know, we're all talented singers, so just go out and do you, and, and the rest will fall into place. And that's basically what I did. I went out there. And uh, I just waited for the, uh, the four-click hi-hat. Not to mention, Paul is also part of White Snake, you know, so that wasn't too much pressure on me at the same time. But, you know, I just, uh, I was in the zone. And I fed off the crowd, obviously, as soon as I started singing the first couple of words. Uh, I heard the crowd, and they identified with the song. I mean, who doesn't know? Uh, here I go again. Yeah, but right. Yeah, and uh, that was it. I just I tried to take it home, and luckily for me, I actually I pulled it off, and it was um, it was one of those things that everything was perfect. You know, the planets were aligned, or wherever those adages go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, did you expect to get a four a four chair turns? You know, everyone asked me, "How did you feel when you got the four chairs?" And I got to be honest with you, I had no idea. 
idea that any chair is turned because I was so zoned in wow. and singing the song. It's like I'm looking through them. So it was, it was kind of surreal, and I just started realizing it toward the finale of my song when I threw the microphone up in the air and all the lights flashed, like the strobe light, and I got to see everybody. That was the first glance wow. of the judges. Yeah, so that was amazing, and that just gave me a little bit more kick. And obviously, leading up to that finale note, I think that was the big boost that kind of pulled me into the uh, uh, that note and the range. And, and I made it look easy because I had a lot of help with the uh, the drilling of the audience. So you know. Kudos to them for helping me out. <laughs> yeah, dude, you had Adam Levine was like literally standing in his chair at the end of your song. He was standing up. I've heard, you know, he, he doesn't he doesn't do that much, so I guess I did something right. Yeah, you know? no, ain't no doubt, ain't no doubt. He was standing on his chair, like standing up, not standing on the ground in front of the chair, standing on his chair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you know that that's very real. I gotta tell you, it is really really humbling because I mean I was surrounded with some premier talent and uh, for me to get that type of ovation I, I, it's really humbling and it's kind of surreal like I said before but mm -hmm. I'll take it I will definitely take it absolutely now let me ask you this when you before you got out there and started singing um, were you were you gunning for for uh, Adam to turn were you hoping Adam would be the guy to turn because he kind of maybe fits your genre a little bit more than the other than the other coaches no 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 see the thing with me is and I think all the will be able to attest to this. The way I'm programmed is I, I always live in the moment yep. um, and I always enjoy the journey. I wasn't worried about who turned and that's no offense to all the judges because obviously I'm grateful that they sure. all turned but sure. I was there to sing a song and to entertain the audience and do something that I've always wanted to do and that I love to do and, and whatever the end results were you know, let that be and mm -hmm. I wasn't really focused on it but I will tell you this the only impulse that I had was leaning more toward Blake because of my daughter. She loves <laughs> music. Yeah, as do I. Yeah. It's disappointing, but I, I think when she saw all the chairs turn, I think it, it immediately superseded her emotions. So I, I got away with it, you know? And yeah. I went with my gut. I, Adam, Adam basically said things that I related to about growing up, about dealing with bands. And, you know, I completely concede to the David Rowe mentality of, you know, bands got to grow up sucking. They got to get into a room and play instruments and, mm -hmm. and write terrible songs, but, you know, become a family and actually play these songs. And you don't really see that. Mm. And that's another reason why that was my impetus to choose a song like this, because it brought back a lot of great memories. And like I said, if I tell you, if I had a dollar for every comment of the fans, telling me, Manny, because of you, my my guitar, my piano, my ukulele, what have you, has been collecting dust. I picked it up as soon as I got off the phone with you. Oh. I had to stop playing. I'm going to take voice lessons. I, I, I'm supporting my daughter's musical career. That's what makes it real for me. Yeah. You know? and, and that's what's very grateful to me, that I can inspire people to live in the moment and, and rekindle those sparks mm. of any type of musicianship that they once had on that faded over the years. I love it. Yeah, yeah, when when I, of course, you know, I didn't know who you were previous to this show, um, so when you came out and you know, when, when I heard the song that you picked, I, I got right to the edge of my seat, because I, I grew up in the 80s too, but a huge White Snake fan, so it was like you, you like, rejuvenated me, you, you got me fired back up, I was like, yeah, yeah, this, this. Oh, that's I got that. I got, so I got. I'm praying this guy gets some chairs, and it happened. It was great, man. It was great. You know what the best part about it all is? 
obviously there's a significant amount of social media upkeep that you have to do, to say the least. Sure. When David Coverdale sent me that tweet, that, you know, beautiful job, Manny. Oh, no way. Yes, yes, he did. And I, I took the screenshot to prove it, my friend. I, oh, man. I was like, dude, that's the endorsement of a lifetime. You're good. You can just go home. You won, man. That's a wrap, man. You wanted this, that's a wrap right there. Are you kidding me? The icon did that. The legend. Yeah, I, you know, that that was the uh, the turning point for me. When I got that, I, I just... I, it completed me. It really, really did. It really, really did. I, wow. I was speeches in Florida when I got that. I mean, when the writer of the song, yeah. mind you, if you listen to the stories of Joe Elliott from Death Leopard going on Terrified, recording this album next door to the god of rock and roll, David Coverdale, it was like perfect pitch. Same thing as Texas, he appreciated what I did. I'm like, I don't wow. know about you, man. I, I, I get home. Yeah, there's no bigger compliment. There's no bigger compliment than that than the writer, the, you know, the you know the, the the original singer writer to do that. That's great. Now, one of the things Adam told you, quote, "Man, this is gonna sting if I don't get you on my team." Right before you pick the coaches, how does that make you feel, man? I had to make you feel great. It made me feel amazing because not only did he appreciate the song. But he appreciated my, my efforts into the song. Mm-hmm. I, and, you know, I executed it so well that he actually felt potential in me to go further into this competition. And, you know, when somebody shows that much faith in you, you feel very comfortable selecting that person. I got to tell you, as the conversation elapsed, I was gravitating more and more toward Adam. Nobody else really said anything that compelled me to lean that way, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, uh, Blake was very comedic, which. You know, I, I'm always trying to crack the joke, so it's sure. funny I can relate to. But in a situation like that where it's so crucial, you have seconds to decide, uh, you know, the more verbiage that I get uh, um, with respect to the song and the performance and how they appreciate it, I think I'm going to lean more to that and become a mm-hmm. little more biased. And that's why I chose Adam. Yeah, I, I actually hope, I was hoping you was going to pick him because I just felt that it was... It was and again, no, no knocking into the other coaches, man, because they're all brilliant musicians. Right, you know right. that. But I just felt Adam was the right guy for you, based based on what you're saying too. He, he really pitched, you know. He, he, I just felt he was really passionate. He wasn't just blowing smoke. He really meant what he said to you. Yeah, he really was, and I'm glad you, you said that because you know I was cutting through the uh, you know the, the garble of everything and just really focused on his words. And, mm-hmm. Related to what he said, you know, dating back to the day of where I took him back, and you know, we're probably close to the same vintage. I mean, I'm 45. I can't remember how old he was, but he's, he's not that far off. I mean, he looks amazing. Obviously, yeah. you couldn't tell, but he, he could definitely relate to those times where bands were playing. There was actually a scene. There was a vibe and a buzz of bands. You know, you don't see that anymore. Everyone's looking on YouTube. Everyone's yeah. downloading songs. I remember. I remember. Smelling. We were just talking about that early before my band members and I. It was a ritual where nobody could open up the album. I, we, would, we would buy ACDC for those about to rock just, just to select anything. And we couldn't open the album until we all got around to unwrap the plastic, to smell the inside. Yeah. This is like a process and a ritual. We don't see that anymore. I know. You don't. You really don't. You know, it, it reminds me, um, I, I'm, I'm a... I'm really good friends with Pete Evick, who plays lead guitar for Brett Michaels, the lead singer Poison. Um, Poison, yeah. Yeah, and Brett Michaels has a solo band now, Brett, the, the Brett Michaels band. Well, his guitar player, Pete Evick, is a really good friend of mine. 
and me and him were talking one day about 80s music. He brought up a great point. He's like, today's music, rarely do you even hear a lead solo, like a lead guitar solo anymore. Like you yeah. said, you're an Eddie Van Halen fan, me too. You just don't hear bands that like have lead solos in their songs anymore. This has changed. Well, I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised on this project that I'm working on right now. Um, I'm, I'm really happy, you know, back and forth, going back to L.A. I've been actually been writing over the past year uh, with, with a good friend of mine, actually my best friend. So we're trying to bring that back, and I think people are going to be very pleasantly surprised. Oh, and by the way, I found a text via the tweet from David Coverdale. It says, beautiful, Manny. Very proud of you. Wishing you every success, bro. Cheers. Oh, that's and fantastic. That is, that is just mind-blowing. That's awesome, man. You can't. It doesn't get any better than that. Hey, it's going to be like a 20 by 30 poster. Yeah, yeah definitely. You gotta be, that's got to go on a wall and frames. Are you kidding? <laughs> that's definitely that's, that's great. Hey, let, let, let me ask you about nerves. Now, when I watched your lead-in story, you know, they, they, they said about that you had a career, you know, playing gigs up in the Northeast. Um, how are your nerves? Were you nervous previous, like the night before the blind, and then right up before the blind? Did, did you get some? Did, was your stomach knotted up at all? No, I got to tell you, you know, sometimes that's the joke with me. I wish I would get nervous. It would give me a sense of realism. But like I said, I, I don't overanalyze things, and I'm, being that I live in the moment, I don't really think ahead of what's going to happen. Wow. Like I, I don't give myself a chance to become nervous. I don't visualize me, you know screwing up or visualize the fans. I just go as, as a second to last. I just live in that particular moment as I'm walking up on stage. You know, I grab the microphone. You know, I'm just, I'm there and I'm zoned in to that particular moment in time. So I don't really, <laughs> I don't get nervous. That's, that's, uh, that's almost like a superpower. You have a superpower. You know how many people I, would love to have that ability yeah, not to get nervous? I, I guess. <laughs> I guess. I, I, I don't know. I like feeling a little nervous energy, but since, you know, I, I, I perform in front of large crowds all the time, three, four thousand people, and yeah. it's my family. I feel so at home there. So it was just like, you know, uh, stepping into what I'm, my, my norm, actually. So wow. no, I wasn't. Believe it or not, the most nerve-wracking thing is what I said before. It's the, it's the utter silence. That's almost disturbing because yeah. people realize the intimidation factor. You have all the executives, all the TV monitors, the audiences in front of you. Oh, man. At that point, you just hope you don't trip and forget the word. Yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, that's amazing how you can. And I'm guessing your meditation helps that. It really, really does. You know, and I tell everybody, you know, there's no right or wrong way to meditate. You, you, you got to quiet your mind at times. You know, we have like 60,000 thoughts a day. Your brain needs a rest. And in times like that, you'd be surprised how much it helps you. Yeah. You know, you, you become one with yourself, and you zone in and focus a little bit better. Absolutely. Tell the f listeners out there something that Adam Levine's taught you um, that you didn't already know. Is there some things he really put? I'm sure he's pointed out some really nice things for you. Yeah, I mean, he basically told me uh, no inhibitions, you know, and, and think outside the box just because a song's been done a million times. There's no reason why you can't add your many power to it. Mm. And the only fear that I had going into it is because my philosophy on classic, iconic songs is if it's not broke, you don't fix it. Mm -hmm. Of course, unless you're really changing it up and converting into like a minor chord song or even a ballad. Yeah. But if you're going to sing it exactly like the artist, people... And I know from a personal experience, if I'm going to see a major band, I want to hear the song like I heard it on the album. 
You know, mm-hmm. I want to destroy the integrity of the original version, you know, so I try to keep that in the back of my mind. And um, going forward, you're going to see this, this up-and-coming Monday. Uh, we had a blast doing our next song, and I don't want to reveal Yeah, yeah, don't reveal nothing yet, but yeah, we're definitely looking forward to that. No, no, nothing, but... Yeah. but that's one of the things that I took into account with this one. And again, I think you're going to have a lot of fun viewing this one. Yeah, we had a blast doing it. Like Keith and I are amazing friends. You know, we're like brothers, and we created a band of brothers with Team Adam. And that was the beautiful thing behind all of this. All that. First of all, I don't compete. I never believed in that. I was an athlete all of my life. Yeah. So it's a collective member. And uh, I feel that if you if you exert too much energy competing, you, you, you take away the energy of the of what you're trying to do. Instead, just practice your craft, go over the lyrics, try to master the song, and there's no need to compete because everything falls into place. That's mm-hmm. a it's a great philosophy. It's a good segue into my next question too. Um, sure. Touch on the experience a little bit. Flying out to LA and and meeting all these other contestants. Um, from all walks of life with major, major talent levels, man. This this season has yeah. got some crazy talented um, singers on there. It must have been a lot of fun, man, just just getting to meet people from all over the country. I had Blind Joe on my podcast a few nights ago. What a great guy that guy is, and how and how good is he? He's great. Talk about an inspiration. Oh yeah, I mean he's got some great influence. Yeah, but he's just the perfect example as. There, there are no limitations in life. And you know what? I, I don't like excuses, and I don't give excuses. If there's a way to do something, I'm going to find a way. And, and Blind Joe has found a way to master his craft. Yeah. That's one of his most amazing senses. And it goes to show you, people aren't even looking at the fact that he's blind. He's just a brilliant artist. He is. And it's people like that that we need in this world. And one of the things that I... That I um, was known for and I believe it wholeheartedly, Brad. I wasn't there to sing, if you could, if you could understand. I was there to things, uh, to do things bigger than singing, just to inspire, to help out, to assist, to be almost like a crush for people. And, mm-hmm. You know, and there were times where I had to talk to some of the kids, you know, and, and they were a lot younger, you know, they don't know how to uh, react toward this type of pressure, and I get it. You know, I made many, many mistakes in life, and I'll, I'll keep making them, but what I try to do is help these kids eliminate a lot of the mistakes that I made, focusing things and not worrying about the end result and not worrying about the 90 seconds that you're going to be on that that completely just flash you by. Instead, enjoy those moments. Like you hmm. said, meeting all these amazing artists and, and, and as an educator, because I teach photography, you know, the best teachers are the best students. So I couldn't be more grateful to be around such successful artists because, A, they, they teach you how to approach a song completely differently. I mean, I could have sang Here I Go Again totally differently because of the knowledge that I was able to acquire from all these other contestants. Excuse me, all the other contestants here. It was amazing. You know, I was thinking back when I was 14, 15, I was mortified to get in front of my class and just to read a book report. And, and you got these kids that are 15 going on The Voice singing in front of legends and then in front of a crowd and millions of people on TV flawlessly in most cases. It's amazing the courage that they that they have. Yeah, yeah, you, you really do. you got to tip your hat off to them because 
it's a different generation. Uh, a lot of things are, um, the evolution process is so much quicker now, you know. Things that, I was, at 15 years old, I think I was still playing with Tonka toys. I think I was too. I push the Tonka toys. It wasn't even a remote control. No, no, just push it in the dirt driveway. <laughs> exactly. So, these kids, like you said, it, it, it's alarming at the, uh, the rate that the, uh, the advent of technology will take you. To success, you know, one successful video, you're being viewed by millions of people worldwide, not even in a local area, I know. worldwide. Globally. So that, that it really is, it's just incredible. I mean, this podcast or any type of media uh, involvement that you had, you can reach to, to thousands in seconds, you know? Yep. It's just brilliant, and you do, you really got to give them a lot of credit. But it takes a lot, though. You, you still have to have the talent. Which they did. I mean, uh, it's just unbelievable. And like I said, it's very, very humbling. Mm -hmm. I consider myself more of an entertainer than a singer. And I know a lot of people would disagree, but I am very humbled to be here. And it was just so grateful to be amongst the presence of, of such genius vocally. You know, I'm, a lot of these kids play the instrument just as good. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm still blown away by last year's champion, Sawyer Fredericks. Kid was 15. And just a throwback folk music, hippie looking kid, great kid from upstate New York. And when you close your eyes, you think you're listening to a 1975, you yeah. know. I mean, the, the dude is amazing. Yeah, yeah, a good way to put it. All right, man, I'm, I'm going to let you go in a few minutes, man. Before, before I let you go, though, share some advice for somebody who's, you know, on the fence thinking about doing this, man. Thinking about testing their talents, testing the waters on, on the voice. My advice is just do it. When you start thinking too much, you're going to get in your own head. Mm. And even even me, when approaching it, uh, I the story is I wasn't even going to go on the voice. I got so many hardships that that night it was a Wednesday night. It was freezing, and I was in the middle of driving. We were parking the car, and I said, you know what? I'm not going to do this. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of setting myself up for failure. And my best friend said, absolutely not. They drove me out of here. We're going. Because I started thinking so much. Right. My advice is, first of all, practice your craft. If it's singing you want to do, if it's playing guitar, you have to work on your craft. You have to study the greats. Mm. You know, if you're going to practice a song, make sure you know those lyrics to the point where you can sing that song backwards and any genre. Because people forget it's not just about talent. Repetition is the mother of all skill. You have to keep, keep doing over and over to master your craft. And once you're at that point, the comfort should completely assist you in subsiding any type of doubt, any type of fear, and any type of inner contrast. So that's my advice, man. If you want to do it, just find a way and go for it. If you're going to start debating it even before you make the attempt of doing it, then don't bother. Don't waste your own time. You know, you got to commit to it, though. That's the thing, and a lot of people don't like to commit nowadays. And therein lies the secret. You know, you have to have the passion. And you can't teach passion. I would rather, I'd rather work with somebody who's okay with all the passion in the world than somebody who's brilliant who has no passion. Wow. Eventually that'll run out. But somebody who's passionate will always be in your face, knocking at your door and on your heels, waiting for the next opportunity that you missed to take because you weren't passionate enough for it. That's my advice. Wow. And brilliant advice at that. And I want a copy of your first book, man. I want it signed. You got to write a you book. Know, you got to write a book. Listen, I, I, I just, I just want to help as many people as I can. You know, if this voice can help me do that, 
then, then so be it because I want to inspire people. I, I want I can to tell. wake up this generation. I want to wake up people older that, that, that threw away their, their talents, that, that feel that they're not good enough or, you know, that my time is up and done. And I also want to inspire young kids not to be fearful so both yeah. sides of the spectrum can, can get a feel for it, man. Yeah, but you know what? You know what, though? You're one of those guys that people gravitate to because you have such positive energy, man. People gravitate to that, and they, and you just you, it just pours out of you. So I've heard, man, and I'm grateful for that. As long as they feel it and, and yep. I, I make them happy, then I'll keep doing it. How about that? All right, buddy. So tell me, tell, tell the fans out there, the listeners, where they can follow you on all your social networks. Absolutely. Uh, you can follow me at aka mannycabo.com. That's my website. You can see some of the music that I've got in there. I've got a t-shirt line. You can see all my fashion photography, uh, my Facebook, and all of my handles are all the same across the board, aka Manny Cabo. And the reason why it's aka because so many people don't know how to introduce me to an actor, photographer, <laughs> or a singer. So uh, also known as Manny Cabo. That was the joke, and I stuck with it, and it worked. Uh, and also my, my new project, North of Nash, which I think a lot of people are going to enjoy because it's a southern rock that's going to bring back a lot of the, uh, the classic rock sounds that, uh, that we've been missing, reminiscent of, you know, The Who and White Snake. So it's going to be a great segue into my musical career as well. So that's pretty much it. All right, man. Well, we look forward to getting you back on the show for a follow-up as this thing goes forward and also in the future to talk about your your, your, your newer projects. I really appreciate you joining, um, and, I, and again, I look forward to a follow-up. Do you have any closing thoughts you want to share with the fans? No, man, listen, uh, I'm just grateful uh, that you uh, asked to uh, have me on the show, man. Thank you so much. Very humbling and to all the, the listeners out there. I, I appreciate your time. Seriously.